speak into the mic microphone check. Uh, to what is this? Yep. Woo-woo. I'm here. All right. We are. <laughs> are we actually recording? Yeah, we're recording now. Uh, we are here. Uh, finally, technical difficulties, which none of you had known about because we're yeah, actually recording right now. That doesn't make sense right to anyone. No, it doesn't make sense to anybody, but <laughs> it makes care. sense to my we're fucking not frustration. <laughs> um, uh, this is another episode of T- Think Shape Create Workshop, a podcast. Yeah, that's what we're dubbing it now. Uh, officially now. now. Yeah. Um, Think something, say something. Think something. <laughs> <laughs> <Jeez>. No. <laughs> so I'm here, Bryce, your host, uh, with not the most, uh, but the host with the most. Polly's here as well. Hello. And then we have our first guest on, um, Mr. Ian Marriott, uh, lead like brewer. Of, I didn't know that's how you yeah, said your no, last name. <laughs> yep. He's lead brewer at uh, Marriott Hotels. <laughs> the only person who thinks it's said differently is my mother. <laughs> Marriott? It's, it's not her name. It hasn't been her <laughs> yes, name, though. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. She just married she into it. She swears <laughs> that at one point, my aunt or someone told her you know if you love it you marry it oh yeah, but it's clever. marriott like the hotels all right so I where are you lead brewer at oh device brewing company oh, that place Sa- sacramento <laughs> california uh so ian marriott um if you love it you gotta marry it uh welcome to this uh this thing that we're yeah, torturing for ourselves us, with yeah, yeah I, I think uh you know we can have some fun conversations about a lot of creativity and all the creativity that goes into your work and the, the shit that you love to do outside of your work. I think that's kind of our conversation that we have every week, right? Yeah. I mean, we like to start it off now with kind of the uh, think, shape, create aspect. So, you know, uh, what's inspiring you of late? Uh, I think most recently I was uh, watching Dave Chang's new show. We don't get paid by Dave Chang or anything because I can't <laughs> even remember the name of it. Um, it's on Hulu, though. Check it out. It's like the future of food or the something. The things we eat? There, no. Uh, sure. That sounds yeah. right. That sounds better. Maybe. Both but, great uh, titles. I, yeah. I haven't seen either one. So <laughs> they both exist. I'm going to watch them both. I just, those to my I just think there's so much of like the, the beer and the food industry that uh, like relate. So, you know, a guy who's all over the place on like kind of food and how food's done is like looking the future food where i see just as the future of beer too so that uh kind of inspired me to kind of just like where where is beer going you know just like self-reflection there yeah taking it inward Nice. nice yeah i mean so what are you using that inspiration or just whatever inspiration kind of what are you what are you shaping right now? What are you working on? Uh, inside the brewery or outside? Inside the brewery, we're going to brew a big old imperial pastry stout next week. Oh, there oh, you go. snap. The, <laughs> yeah. You're getting pastry on yeah. it. I thought that was revolting at the, the brewery, no? Hey, well, I think I'm okay with the pastry stout idea. Okay. You know, I'm not going to throw a cake into my mash tun or anything. But, you know, doing it right, if you do it right, you know, it's it's kind of simulating some of the characters you get from like a barrel aged beer, you know, in a quick kind of turn, you know, brews can make some money. People like it. But uh, we're actually going to do a uh, s'mores. Uh, S'mores. Yes. 
like the sound of that. Yes, and uh, things I thought I would never be doing is actually Googling adding marshmallows to your beer. Yeah. <laughs> it was more kind of a, you know, let's just let's see what people are doing. No lie, there are like long articles on like how and when to add marshmallows. <laughs> but uh, we won't be doing that. I was just kind of curious. So how do you get the marshmallow flavor in there if you're not actually adding? Yeah, we're gonna need some extracts. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the mallow extracts. They figured it out. Like, let's be real. Like, you gonna eat a marshmallow? You think there are any extracts in there? Like, I mean, fair enough. What yeah. is a marshmallow? It's, it's literally like a piece of foam <laughs> they inject <laughs> marshmallow yeah, extract exactly. into. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's the actual taste of marshmallow? Whatever yeah. the hell we want it to be. <laughs> Whatever the hell we injected in there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. You kind of have these weird conversations on you, like how much, you know, how 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 much, you know, s'mores does it need to be? And like, Ugh. I feel like I've had this conversation with multiple brewers. It's like, when you say it is something, you have to be over the top. Yeah. Like you can't. There's no subtle. Like, hey, it has subtle no subtle s'mores. Everyone's gonna be like, it doesn't taste like s'mores. Yeah. People want to be hit over the head, you know. Well, if it's a s'more beer, I want some more. Yeah. yeah. I'm kind of excited about that. It lets you make a big. Stout, you know, we're gonna use cocoa nibs or cacao nibs. I'm not. You pronounce it, it however cacao. you want. I always thought cacao it was cacao nibs. But, you know. Yeah, you know, cacao nibs. Cacao. Yeah, we're gonna use those. Cacao nibs. Probably some. Uh, cacao nibs. Cacao nibs. Coffee, you know, lactose, vanilla, and then you know, we gotta sell it, so it's gonna have uh, air quotes s'mores. S'mores. Anyways. I mean. A pastry is not my jam usually, but if you're making it, I'm uh, tasting it. But oh. I think I think we have to go down the quick rabbit hole of. <laughs> you keep going. We've got our uh, other special guest. Yeah, yeah. Our our, uh, our host. Our audio intern can edit all this out. Don't worry. Um, s'mores. Yeah. Not what? the beer. The campfire food. The actual s'mores. How do you make a s'mores? How do you make them? Well, I mean, it's like chocolate and marshmallow and toast the mallow. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's the ingredients. But yeah, yeah. like, you're like, oh, how do you make beer? It's uh, you know, <laughs> I I can't say all the ingredients in beer right now. Uh, just kidding. Malt. <laughs> There's literally uh, four. Uh, <laughs> hops. Yeast. Water. Yeast. <laughs> and sometimes marshmallows. Sometimes marshmallows. So what? Uh, on on an actual s'more, non-beer s'more, what uh, chocolate do you go to? Gotta be Hershey's. It's right? gotta be Hershey's. Yeah, I mean anything less is actually Costco has literally s'mores packets. Like a build your. It comes with graham cracker, comes with marshmallows, and it comes with Hershey chocolates. Yeah, but do you use uh, milk chocolate or dark chocolate? Ooh. Oh, that's a good question. I I go milk chocolate. I I, I, I probably prefer, go milk chocolate. Milk better. I prefer dark chocolate. Like if you gave me two chocolate bars and said here's a dark, here's a milk, I'll go for the dark. Yeah, we all but, kind of saw that coming. <laughs> but. If you're going to do s'mores, then you got to have milk chocolate, I think. Uh, you know, I, I too, love dark chocolate more. Um, I kind of like a dark chocolate s'more. I get the traditional sense is more yeah. milk chocolate, and those are fantastic, but sometimes you just want to mix it up, you know? But Experiment. Let's be real. It's not about the ingredients. It's about the technique and the process. This is true. Toasting that mala, you know, because if you're if your marshmallow gets too crispy, then kind of fucked up. Right? I mean, some people go just full flame on, burn that thing, That's and true. then you know, I, I uh, most recently heard of a technique where you actually just wrap the whole bad boy in tin foil and throw it in the fire. 
Oh, uh, just like pre prepared. I've tried that. And stick it in there? Yeah. I, I won't lie. It didn't work as well as I thought it would. <laughs> no. I like a the little... timing. Uh, I, li I like the visual aspect of it. I feel like that's part of getting the right s'mores. Yeah, I thought I'm going to have this perfect melty... Yeah, the chocolate melted, nothing else happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I you're feel just like creating heat. I, did not, I didn't pre-toast my marshmallow, though. Which yeah, maybe, so that's uh, where you're that's, missing. Uh, and then that, that could have gone quicker, you know, in the fire. Yeah, I think uh, also you're just obliterating the chocolate. Like yeah, you, chocolate was gone. Yeah, <laughs> it, I I yes. have tried that before, and yeah, it does not work. Um, I also like a little toasted crispiness on my uh, Malo. Yeah. Nice little yeah. uh, hard outside, smooth and uh, creamy. You know, we're talking marshmallows. Here. I mean, so besides just a brewer, I also enjoy to cook at home. I, so I, I'm thinking. What? You know, okay, like people are, you know, let's go back to beer and uh, people are throwing stuff into their mash tuns. I'm like, okay, like, I mean, you know, we can kind of get gimmicky and do this. And I'm like, but how would it make sense? And, um, you know, what if we vacuum packed your graham cracker, marsh toasted marshmallow, toasted marshmallow and chocolate, and then you're basically sous vide it oh. in the mash tun oh. during the latter. Okay. Are you gonna go for this? And you know, we we can basically you can write your name on it. You know, you can yeah. come in. This we'll, is mine. We'll sell them. They'll be one thousand dollars <laughs> cash or yeah, cashier's cash, check. Cash only. Made, made out Bitcoin to Ian Marriott. Apparently, yeah, Marriott. Ian Marriott. Um, a cash made yeah, out we'll to take Ian Bitcoin. Marriott. Cashier's check. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, I guess uh, I'll take Bitcoin. Check? Yeah, Doji, yeah. whatever. You know, <laughs> pennies. Take, yeah, take them. Uh, so. Um, I got another question. We'll go there. Well, let's go to uh, what have you created lately? What's out there that uh, you, I don't know, are pr uh, proud of? Like, what did you do recently that you're just like, man, that was rad? Or whether it's in the brew house or it's at the home kitchen. I actually kind of want to know on the kitchen side of things because yeah. you just mentioned you're a home cook and that you're you're into this. And so yeah. what's something that you created recently in your kitchen that was like you tasted it yourself and was like, mm, okay. Pat yourself on the back a little bit. Yes. <laughs> hmm. That's a hard question. And I'm going to have to go with, I made some gnocchi recently. Handmade. Oh, yes. snap. Yep. <laughs> I think I've I made this recipe before and I tried to make it once, but my parents oven is on the fritz and it did not work out. And then I was really sad <laughs> and I made it again when I was, while well, I was out in Milwaukee visiting my girlfriend and shout out. Yep. Uh, her favorite dish is gnocchi, so I was a little stressed. And oh man! But the first time I made, it, I literally thought to myself, "This is the best thing I've ever made or eaten." There you go, R rising to the occasion. And uh, <laughs> the second time uh, was sad. The third time uh, came back. Okay, potato uh, gnocchi. Potato gnocchi, no egg. Do not put egg in your gnocchi. Like this is after I think a uh, Dave Chang show had someone on. The, they were talking about like gnocchi only needs potato and flour, flour. Yeah. and you basically do everything in your power to get as much water out of that potato and then use as little flour as possible and you get this like crisp fluffy pillow dumpling oh they're so good and then just you know boil that for a little bit fry it in a little olive oil butter you know top with some parmesan and you want to get real fancy because i'm a fancy boy you throw a poached egg on there. Oh, snap. You is a fancy boy. <laughs> yeah. 
can't even poach an egg, so I'm just like impressed. <laughs> yeah. Hey, like, Polly, <laughs> I, I will teach you how to poach an egg, and all I need is an any day, a an microwave, egg. and two minutes. <laughs> okay, well, sure. And, and an egg. I, I, I'd have to say one of the my favorite things I've ever made is homemade, like handmade gnocchi too. Like it just, it's one of those things where. Oh, you put even more effort into something. Making something from scratch is always nice, and it tastes so good. It's so good. Yeah. You got to get on this. How are you, Paul? Uh, I mean, I haven't made chair. gnocchi. No, I, can't I mean, b- I mean, you know, I you're sitting here I'll, with two I'll, gnocchi professionals. Yeah. <laughs> I, could, I should just be asking all these. Questions. Actually, I didn't know that there technically you could do it without any type of like liquid or like binding agent or something like i always the potato, assume potato a starch in it. I, but i i think of a potato and i don't think liquid personally yeah. but i mean i know it's sure why not that seems like it would make sense so starch and it's magic water potatoes are kind of magic in general though i think you know yeah they're a thickening agent starch all right no what yeah about, th- what about you polly what was the last thing you created uh, so I've been uh, doing some fun work on uh, the guitar lately. Uh, I've been trying to write a theme song for our podcast, but I kind of got distracted because I bought a uh, a guitar pedal, uh, my first guitar <laughs> so pedal. Just been so like I've just been really just kind of rocking out, you know. So I've been working on a, a cover of the Velvet Underground song. There you go. Uh, I'll be your mirror. So my buddy who I play music with, uh, Jake Corbin. Shout out Jake Corbin. Flaky Jakey. Flaky Jakey. He had an idea saying like, okay, well, what if we took this song? It's like a very slow song, kind of like a, almost like a ballad. Uh, And what if we made it like a, like psychedelic fuzz jam? And so I was like, okay, that's a cool idea. And so I started kind of trying to figure out, well, what would that actually sound like? Because, I mean, I don't have a fuzz pedal and I kind of do stuff through iPad and GarageBand and kind of fake it and it. It, you know, it's it's nice, but I feel like one of the things that I think a fuzz pedal does is that it creates dynamic in your your song. So like, if you ever heard a song and everything's clean, you got a nice clean guitar, and then all of a sudden it's like boom, loud and in your face, somebody's just you know kicking on their pedal and it's you know taking it to the to the next level. So so I've been playing around with that and trying to figure out okay, how do you kind of work that dynamic? And I like bands like that, you know, that are kind of that quiet loud thing. You know, that's nirvana like you know those types of bands and the pixies and all those types um so i was just like fuck it i'm gonna buy a pedal i'm just gonna rock out get after it yeah so i've been doing that this week and having fun with uh with a kind of uh jam session i'm trying to convince jake to send some drums my way so i can figure out how to actually put this thing together but but yeah kind of uh, nice i i no lie found out Polly played guitar today (laughs) <laughs> it's kind of a secret it's one of my secret powers yeah. you i know? mean of course you know the man of that's master at everything uh can also play guitar it's the pablo rivers international man of mystery uh, you know uh, anything creative i feel like just dive in cooking is one area where i i, I can cook some things i uh, mostly like meats like i can yeah grill you've some made meat. some good can, stuff before i can you know braise some lamb shanks and i can you know uh, those carnitas you made bomb, yeah carnitas i i can Raising meat is kind of like my main thing that I can do, which hey, is... Hey, if you're going to you have a meat talent, that's the one <laughs> that's to have. That's the one to have. Did like you learn a, that from Mama? Uh, not really, actually. Uh-huh. You know, growing up, I mean, Guatemalan food is a lot different. You know, I, I'm my mom is Guatemalan, and she grew up in Guatemala, and Guatemalan food is a lot different than Mexican food, which is like, you know, 
you know, what you go to a Mexican restaurant, you kind of know living here in California. And, and uh, so, no, like, the, I mean, yeah, she would make certain things, but it wasn't like, you know. So I'm not familiar. Like like what's, what's the difference between Guatemalan food and Mexican food? Uh, I think it's kind of basically being poor. <laughs> so basically you don't have as much meat. When I went to Guatemala, I think, you know, I, I felt like I got the most authentic Guatemalan cuisine because, you know, the, the aunts were cooking for us. And so a lot of everything is around the tortilla and the beans and the rice. And so they make the, they go do the little hand tortillas. If you can't uh, hear, <laughs> just visualize Polly making a tortilla. Yeah, and they do it all by hand, and it's and it's so impressive. This had to too. be so good. Yeah. Oh, this. Have you just, ever tried doing that? I have. I have, and it just like. How'd you do? I, I don't know what they do and how they so do they it. They kick like, you hey, out of the kitchen. Yeah, oh yeah, they they. are <laughs> like, get out of here. I didn't even try to get in the kitchen there because they are like, even my mom, you know, being in, in the United States, I think you know. That's kind of changed her ability to do the the tortilla thing because they're like firing them out and she's like got one out and she's like she told me after the fact she was kind of like well i think i don't know they were just kind of like they knocking threw them all out. your tortillas away <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean it was kind of like yeah they were, they were like, like get those out of here the ants were you know knocking them out but so guatemalan cuisine though is i feel like everything is like how do you make sure like this this shitty piece of meat or whatever is is still edible okay and so the like they do cooking. a lot of like you know mm -hmm. um i forget the exact name of it but like very well cooked beef so like if you've ever gone to um like a mexican restaurant and sometimes they'll have i forget the name of it off the top of my head but it's like very thinly cut beef that they grill to fucking death Till it's like shoe leather. That's and like so the asada. No, no, the asada no. style, right? Yeah, it's kind of asada, but it, there's another name for it. But they also did like a fish thing that was very similar to that. And that was actually really good. Um, it was just that it's like a whole fish. So like I'm choking on bones and stuff as I'm, <laughs> as I'm eating it. Um, but I would say like the, the core stuff is really the tortillas, the beans and the rice, which is, you know, every Latin American culture. But I just think, you know, the tortillas they make there are not like flour tortillas. They're not like the flat corn tortillas that you get at the grocery store there. There's love in those tortillas because they just have that, you know, the handmade quality to them. And, uh, well, they yeah. probably make them all day, every day. Yeah. And I mean, we went out to the old family house where my mom grew up and they still have a corn farm where they literally make the tortillas out of the corn that they've grown. And it's just, you know, and they're cooking on this old, you know, little oven. And it's just, it's just love. That's, That's like the experience food. too. It's like you're immersed in the whole aspect and the love behind all that. You're yeah. Like it's a, well, and, huh. it and it definitely inspired me to come back home and try to make, you know, so that, that food like that. And, and, uh, I still haven't mastered my tortilla technique, but I'm working on it. Polly bringing us all back. <laughs> um, um, I'm going to, uh, that's another challenge for you, Polly. Yeah. Make them damn tortillas. Yeah. yeah. I, I want, want, I want those tortillas <laughs> now. You just. You know, you sold us on well, Bryce's wife, Elena, always uh, around this time of year. Yeah. This is tamale season. And uh, Elena, actually, her birthday is a day after my mom's birthday. Oh. <laughs> and I don't know why this is just my mom, but her, for her birthday, 14th, she, she makes 13th. tamales for her own birthday 14th. because that's just my mom and that she wants to make. Yeah, there's always tamales so. around. Yeah. So I think only maybe once or twice I've You've brought the brought tamales over, over here. I, but it, Elena you, has asked multiple times and I'm always like. 
I want to, but I ate them all. Sorry. I have not ever tried them because Elena has always that's been true. like, Polly brought these for me. And I'm they, like, they well, are for okay. her. If you're, if she wants to give you a bite, that's really up to uh, her. And you know what? I'm, yeah, she, he's never getting any tamales. No, I'm never getting any. <laughs> Unless you sneak me one on the side, I'm not getting anything. And actually, that's another difference between Mexican and Guatemalan food is that the tamale is different. So uh, the tamales that I grew up with, that my mom made were turkey tamales and turkey, the huh? masa was even different and i don't know what they do exactly but it's kind of a mushier masa so if you've had a tamale you know mm-hmm. it's fairly thick it stands up but this this is more just like soft and they do it in a certain kind of leaf i always thought it was a banana leaf but it's a different leaf and my mom actually showed me when i went to guatemala the the plant that they they get these leaves from and it's apparently not common you can't really find those leaves but there's a guatemalan store um, up on over near San Juan High School. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, uh, Carniceria Tikal, I think, is the name of it, and they actually have it there. And so that's when we get the she Guatemalan gets tamales, proper tamales, not just in a banana leaf, but in whatever that yeah. leaf is. What, what's the name of this place again? Uh, Carniceria Tikal. Yes, we are still looking for sponsors. <laughs> Carniceria <laughs> Tikal. <laughs> Uh, also, some tamales would be and nice. Those sound delicious. <laughs> yeah. So I might be coming and visiting you soon. No, that's nice. So yeah, that's always an inspiration for me. But what about you, Bryce? What are you, what's what's inspiring you these days? I think I, I mean, I think I touched on it last episode. I've been really stalking people on the socials that do lino printing. Uh, just because I don't know, it's just fascinating. Of to me, I finally uh, uh, last episode I had not bought anything. I finally after that was just like you know I'm gonna buy some stuff so I can actually do it. So I I currently am in possession of like a starter kit I guess of being able to do it. I have a design that I want to do. Um, I just haven't had the time to do it yet. Hopefully here in the next couple of days I'll be able to. Oh, just start and mess up miserably and then figure out what I did wrong and go from there. Uh, I am looking forward to that. Like, I don't know. It's just a more hands-on approach uh, to the stuff I do. You know, I do all digital stuff for people, which is fun and great, and I enjoy it very much, but I want to have that more tactile. That's something that I can hold and uh, – you know, just be happy about, yeah. uh, you know, it, it'll be fun. Uh, I'm gonna suck at it. And I know this and I'm it's totally fine. cool with it. No, I, like I gotta you, start somewhere. If, even if you told me everything I needed to know about how to make gnocchi, my gnocchi is probably going to suck. Like, I mean, let's be real. Like it's oh, going to take sure. me some time to, you know, practice. I nailed it on the first shot. Well, that's because you're Ian, and you're just, you know, magic in the kitchen, apparently. <laughs> yeah, I, but I also screwed up royally on the second try. So yeah. I've done that so many times where I'm, like, cooking. Beginner's luck oh, a little I'm, like, bit. cooking, yeah. and I'm, like, doing it great. I think it's because the first time comes out so great, and the second time I'm, like, I fucking Confidence got this. Like, is a little oh, too I'm over high. it. I got yeah. this. Yeah. And then yeah. I'm, like, oh, damn. Like, <laughs> nope, that sucked. My bad. Um <laughs> Okay, back to the drawing board. But did he manage to save it? Yes. Ah, yeah. Okay. Um, I was able to save it. Was it as good? 
nowhere near. But I, it was edible. It was, yeah, I guess. I mean, it was edible <laughs> because I forced it to be edible. You can eat a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah, you can eat anything, Polly. This is true. This is true. <laughs> it just may not turn out too well for you later on. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. But yeah, but, no, it's yeah. Uh, I think that's. But I like that idea of like you try something for the first time and you you follow the instructions so closely because it's the first time you're doing it, and so it's kind of almost like it's going to come out right because you're paying so close attention. But yeah. Then, your confidence the next time going in is just a little too high and you kind of overshoot things or you're like, yeah. I'm just going to art this up a little bit, you know? And I feel like in a lot of creative things that I do, like I've always run into that where I'm like, the first take was actually the best and there's no reason to even look at the second take because <laughs> I thought it was going to be better. I had the practice in doing it, but no, I just like- You overthought yeah, it. I overthought like, it, yeah. yeah. I think I think there is something to creativity where that kind of gut instinct, that that, that just kind of going for it works out better than when you start to like think about it. But then I think what you're kind of saying Ian, is like the third time you killed it. Right. Yeah. So I feel like that's the other part of it. Sometimes you got to have that failure to then be like, okay, but now I want to do this forever. So how do I make it right on the third time, the fourth time and the fifth time? Yeah, definitely. So you start to think about that a little bit more. Yeah. I think that's also that instant gratification thing, right? Like it's, uh, <laughs> you got to learn the basics sometimes and actually get those oh, yeah. down because just because you did it once does not mean you got that shit down. Like, and I do that all the time. Like I want, I'm like, Oh, I got this. And then I just try to church it up way too much. And then I'm like, yeah, okay. No. Yeah. You fucked that up. <laughs> um, but yeah. It, and then you reel it back and you try to start honing it. And I think that's like any, any craft you, practice yeah practice practice yeah, I mean, does make perfect it's like uh you know i so i play college football when we you'd watch film and all this stuff and you know so much film so much meetings you know at that level and it's like you don't watch the good place it's not like <laughs> oh hey everyone did their job yeah. correctly good job guys high five no you watch the plays where everyone screwed up so like you really sit there and it's just like you know honing you to just be like hey like I don't care. We we won, blah blah, whatever. Like you had, you just had an interception, whatever. You had, you know, you did something great. Yeah, we fast forward through that play. Who cares? <laughs> we already saw that. No, here you missed your assignment. You did something different. So it's like I think, you know, obviously it's great to succeed and do stuff correctly. But like, what do you actually learn from? You it's like learn the, more from the failures. Mistakes. It's like, hey, what happened? Mistakes. And he's yeah. like, you know, thinking like, like, hey, did I mess something up? Like. I think it was the oven's fault. So I'm gonna point blame. <laughs> yeah. I've had this. I've I've had Fritz with this oven on multiple baking occasions. So, um, but you know, definitely the third time around, you know, I was hyper diligent to make sure I nailed for it. The, <laughs> for the tools a little bit, you know. <laughs> well, that's another thing. It's it's you know you got to be able to get to a point where you can maneuver, right? It, it, where you're gonna be throwing curveballs, whether it's a faulty oven, it's whatever it is. I don't have all the materials in front of me, or maybe not all the ingredients, but you know that's where kind of the creativity side comes in with the more practical experience side, where you can blend the two of them and still come out with an outcome that you would like and is good. Uh, but it's, I think. You know, for those people that only follow instructions and that's all they ever do, uh, you know, you can create some cool stuff 
definitely and that's great and you need to know that stuff but how do you pivot yeah Yeah, it's like i mean i think i think the technical and then the kind of the inspirational or the creative piece of it is is in any creative endeavor is is where i think you get the difference between trailblazers or innovators or people who are kind of driving trends versus the people who are chasing those trends and so like if you see a brewery or a restaurant or a, a band or an artist that you like that's doing something that's so different than everybody else i feel like a lot of it is really just a demonstration of them having practiced their technique of however they wanted to do it and getting to a point to where suddenly it was less about thinking about the technique of how do I do it and more about, well, what cool thing can I do with this technique that I, I've basically got down like the back of my hand. And I think, you know, that's, that's again, where kind of that innovation comes out and that's where people make something that never existed. I mean, it's a little bit of synthesis where you're taking like, okay, I want, you know, this thing and this piece from these two very separate ideas. I have all the technique to bake, basically make those two things but let me combine them because I want to make something new. And so suddenly a new thing is born into the world, right? Yeah. I mean, I have that all the time. I think like for me, like, you know, I could go learn and learn everything about brewing, go read every textbook, you know, keep only talking to brewing people and all this stuff. But I feel like I learned more from making other cooking from, making coffee from doing other stuff, grabbing stuff from other industries that you're like, and just, you know, like you said, like being at the level where you, you can just take ideas and apply them to, in a different way. Well, so you mentioned the, the future of food, you said is the future, future of brewing. Can you kind of expand on that a little bit? What, what do you, how do you see those things converging? I just, I just think, you know, they're very similar industries, you know. So trends kind of follow. So like. It's all about taste, it's all about yeah, palate. You know, I th- you know, I always think, you know, let's just say, like, you know, I feel like California's always been a little bit ahead on, like, culture or, like, fashion or something like that. Like, mm. the, something that was cool in, like, California all of a sudden, you know, like, six months later is cool in whatever, Nebraska. <laughs> if you're from Nebraska, come at me. I don't care. <laughs> um, but so I think food's just a little bit ahead of beer. Mm. And I think that gap's closing a lot. But so I just see things that, like, you know, you know, food having to like develop you know delivery methods you know doordash all these things like that you know mm-hmm. food ghost kitchens all this stuff mm-hmm. that food's having to do like you know because the p- pandemic or just like you know. there was even a start of it before the pandemic i mean it got exemplified yeah. for sure but I, I just think the food industry is getting so much more creative about kind of solving some of these problems that like the beer industry is just like kind of like it's still working for us <laughs> we're still limping along like, and it's, it's just, just like a flesh wound <laughs> these are the same kind of problems we're having so i i think you know just on like just kind of just being more creative on like you know just getting people what they want as fast as possible like in the you know to showcase that item in the best way so possible. not necessarily so much about the it's the future of like from a taste perspective or like a flavor perspective you're talking about the way the industry works just as way, a whole. Yeah, the, yeah, just the way that yeah. people buy either food or beer or anything, you know, like, I mean, stuff is changing, so. Yeah, no, I think it's, I think that nails it because, right, like, I mean, we talk about it with any creative art, whatever, nothing is new. I mean, beer is beer, and the way you make beer is the way you make beer. 
the way you make food is the way you make food. Of course, there's tons of different variations within that, flavors and whatnot, uh, you know, whether you actually make good something tasty or not. But the future is kind of more of that, that delivery side. Who, who, uh, how you're getting your product to somebody. Um, also, just, it, I mean, that whether that's technology, that's uh, marketing, whatever that is, like you, if you're a good cook and you can't keep up with getting your food to the people, like, does it fucking matter? Mm-hmm. If you're a great brewer and you can't get your beer to the people, does it fucking matter? I guess that too, or, right? You know, maybe you are a great cook or you are, but like, you're okay with just servicing the people you service oh like, totally there's 100 percent nothing wrong with that yeah. like I, I feel like that's the one thing that i see in in so many industries where it's like you on you're always trying to figure out how do you scale to that next level of yeah. size and why should it be that way if you can find a, a group of people who are super passionate about what you do and are gonna make it so that you can do that for eternity yeah. if if you can what's sustain? wrong with that if you, if you can put food on your table pay all your bills and make people happy what, and find the time to do the fun stuff that is life? the american dream that, that is oh american that, dream. Uh, that is and yeah. i think i think the problem is is most people uh, we've gotten in, in just culturally i mean everywhere pretty much not just in america but around the world it seems like culturally it's always what's next what are you doing next how are you mm-hmm. growing how are you doing uh I totally think it's like you need to obviously you need to pay those bills and survive. But if you're passionate and you love something and your ideal is just I want to be able to do this and get it to the people I can get it to, like you can create that kind of hyper local, that feel of just this is me. This is what I'm doing. And to me, yes, that is the American dream. That's just the dream. Yeah. Right. The dream. Um and I always thought, yeah, that, that was like, yeah, like, you know, you don't have to become that national, whatever, you know. Well, because there's chain. only so many of those that can survive. Yeah. Right. But the, I guess the only thing that ever made me think differently than that is just like thinking is like, you know, when when you acquire like a good like good employees, and all stuff like to keep them around, yeah. you need to offer growth in some way. Right. So yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Like maybe that is, would be a thing of force like. How do I be, like make something that can grow, or just be like, "Hey, I created an atmosphere which helped that person the best best way possible." And now they're the going to they're do there, their and own they're thing. They're going to go do their own thing, or they're going to go to yeah. some other company and help them out. And like, I'm not going to have. You I know, think like, the greatest leaders are looking to replace themselves, whether that's within their own company or that's I've I've given you all I can, and now it's you've got your own growth and I've given you whatever tools I could do. And now you're going to go do you. And you know what? I more power to you. Like why? I mean, why shit on that? And I think a lot of people do. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll let's wrap this back in the beer industry. Thank you, Ian. <laughs> um, I, I just see like the, the highly developed like beer, uh, you know, regions like, let's just talk San Diego. Sure. The reason why that like, there are so many good breweries down there is cause like everyone worked at like, you know, the OG spots, the and palace then, points of the world or, yeah. And then developed good, you know, practices, how to, how to make good beer, you know, learned everything they could from them. And then at a certain point it's like, well, Hey, there can only be so many head brewers. There can only be <laughs> yeah. so many 
Libra or whatever. There can only be like. But the demand is clearly there, so. And then that person goes, but takes everything they learned yeah. and then improved on it, you know. Hopefully. Or just added their own twist yeah, because. Or, yeah, made it their own, yeah. but with like a solid, you know, solid uh, understanding of like what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And then now we're even like, you know, however many generations down, we're like, you know, people worked at that brewery now and now are opening their own brewery. So like yeah. the just, you know, they've been through more generations. They've learned more. And I think, hopefully, I think that's where Sacramento's going, you know, like, and just kind of, you know, people who worked at breweries, you know, learned and then, you know, opened their own brewery or worked at a different brewery, you know, brought their, their, uh, you know. Well, and I think it's an interesting thought, though, the evolution of a region, because... Sorry, there was a cat on the table. <laughs> cat kind of <laughs> was going after you. Cat got your tongue? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I think it's an interesting idea, though, that, that you know, there's kind of a, a timeline that has to happen where, you know, if, if a brewery didn't have a, a level of, I don't know, uh, cachet in the area for a certain amount of time, you're not going to have people who've learned enough in that, you know, baseline brewery or whatever you want to call it those those ones that kind of started up and and got so good or got so big that they kind of dominated an area but you kind of have to have those first before then you can start to have more places that are doing quality at maybe maybe not at the same scale but at least at the same you know level of of just taste and all the enjoyment of the things that you like about beer yeah you can't kind of get i think like all the best beer regions are like centrally located around like major breweries like you know, list California, we had like Sierra Nevada, people who work in Sierra Nevada go open breweries, mm-hmm. you know, people who worked at, you know, uh, yeah, the stones, the ballast points, all the stuff, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, like they really learned how to brew and like, I mean, California, like we're, yeah, I guess more craft, but you go out to, you know, I was just, I was just out in Milwaukee and like all the breweries, like at some point, someone who opened that brewery worked at, you know, one of the big boys, Miller, you know, yeah. worked at Paps or something. Mm-hmm. Right. So they like they learned how to brew and like it just kind of shows on actually like I was talking with someone the other day is like it shows like there's more loggers and all this stuff because like that's where they learn how to brew out yeah. here like hey you learned how to brew super hoppy beers and now you're <laughs> yeah. like I mean West the clientele Coast, likes yeah. it too but I I, just, I think it's also just like what you learned and like yeah mm-hmm. so you know it's kind of interesting you know you're out in you're out in Colorado you have you know cores out there you know you, like I feel like the big breweries just kind of you know like hate on big breweries but. Actually, don't. But it's, don't a, it's a learning center for that, people who want to get in the industry. That's where you know it all kind of started. But oh, for sure, yeah. They they have their place. They do their thing. I mean, there's certain aspects that, you know, the the fuck them. But at the same time, you know, uh, we all drink it. Yeah. I mean, why not? It's consistent. It's good. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, mean we're gonna get get down a uh, big beer. Uh, so hams, obviously. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> hope no. we talked about it on the podcast yet. I have not. I have not mentioned hams on this podcast yet. Uh, so it's come up at least a couple times. It's been passing. We maybe. haven't had a long discussion. Yeah, about maybe. Hams. I just went to my last secret, uh, you know, watering hole for hams, just hoping, you know, hoping it was gonna have hams, and it didn't. Still. But you know what? They had like four or five packs of hams every time I was there until, you know what? You tell uh, the hams wrangler over here about it. <laughs> hams burglar, correct? Never again. <laughs> oh, sorry. Hams burglar. I like wrangler. I haven't been able to wrangle in Yeah, any, uh, I guess he hasn't been time. very good. He's just been stealing them. No, these uh, hams is no longer around these parts, it seems. Uh, there's a ham oh, shortage. Someone, someone told me uh, Tank House. 
still looking for sponsors. Tank House, Tyler, if you're listening yeah. to this podcast, hey, what's up? Please reach out. <laughs> um, is back in Hams, but honestly, I was th- I was there a while ago, we and went, they had they Rainier. Had, yeah, we went and they had Rainier because there was no Hams. I'm not gonna lie, I liked Rainier better. Uh-oh. Don't say it, but I uh, I know Blasphemy. it was more expensive though, so <laughs> I, I paid for it. Uh, yeah, Rainier is great. Um, last ha- last Hams you had, go, Bryce. I don't even know the the last the last time I was able to have Hams. To be honest. I'm pretty sure the last time I had a hams was here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a granted take for that for granted. But uh, I think it was like 2020 at some point where you had just found like the last batch of. He bought out my I, store. Or maybe it wasn't even you. I think you said like. Uh, I think uh, Mago or Elena found. found. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, you know, bought I just it ha- all from Winco. Happened to be coming over for the, the you know, Thursday poor Chang. And uh, lo and behold. Hams. I've definitely had hams this year, okay. but it's been fewer and far between. Last one I had, the friendly San Diego 16 ouncer with a delicious smash burger. I've never had a 16 ouncer. There's a lot to handle, hams. especially yeah. that early in the morning, 1130. It's a lot of hams. <laughs> you got some hams with uh, some burger. Pro, pro level hams. Sounds right great. There. Yep. <laughs> pro hams and burgs. Yeah. But yeah, now I. Way to make me feel bad about not having hams anymore. You know, I mean, Come we got to make you feel bad about something. Ah, Aside fair. from fair. The, the audio issues that we had here earlier. Uh, we didn't make you feel bad. You <laughs> felt bad. No, I just feel bad regardless. I, I am curious, though. You know, you mentioned, like, trends in terms of the industry and in the beer industry. Like, what are some of the things that you think should become staples at, at a brewery? And I, I'll just throw out one idea that I've seen at more breweries. I just got back from... Uh, central coast and went out to oakland so i went to see a lot of places and you know the it sounds so basic but like the you know the whole uh qr code rest the you know menu like drake's and the barn over here and i love that like you don't have to go up to the bar which i love going up to the bar and shooting the shit with the bartender or whatever certain places certain places but most of the time i really just want stuff to like if a beer magically appeared in front of me that's not a bad thing so i would say for me that's one thing that that i request i mean about halfway okay there might be a magical beer appearing (laughs) shortly but that's one thing that stood out to me that i see now everywhere like everybody's got the qr code menu now yeah i was i was just having a conversation with someone like so we're in sacramento i think uh drake's the barn location kills it and i like i just thought it was like the thing they that the pandemic like let's take a positive from it like the qr code whatever toast ordering like they bring it to your table uh it's awesome i think more breweries should implement that for sure especially if you have a big location you know like yeah it's it's so much easier you know like i think my dad and i were talking about it after going out there like as as even a winery like you know like again like you know more people having to have outside seating areas and all this stuff now like you Mm -hmm. know and like being able to like service more with less employees because it's hard to get employees right now too so like it's, it's using like this, like you said, like piece of technology, just to kind of like help everyone out. Yeah, and, you uh, customers might also feel a little more comfortable if they're just going to one seat and sitting there, and then everything's being brought to them. I don't yeah. Know. I, yeah. But uh, I was also on the totally other side of this, where I was out in Milwaukee, and they had there was I, I went, out, went out to this it's a Indeed Brewing, and they have the bar like itself. You know, we're talking, you know, I don't know. 
40 foot, you know, wood backing, everything, you know, the old school, delicious, pleather yeah. wrap chairs, you know, like <laughs> just, it's awesome. But, uh, it's from the original hams facility. I need to go just touch it. But like, you know, like, I mean, it had to have 60 seats, you know, at the bar, like just belly up. And I think like that, that is a cool, like atmosphere too. Like, you know, but it, like, I don't know, I guess, who are you servicing with that? Yeah. You know, like, can that still be a thing? And I was like, kind of bummed. It made me sad. I think, I it, think maybe that's not, I think it will be a thing once again. It's just, you know, uh, it's, that's kind of a bygone era. I think it was kind of a bygone era ish before the pandemic somewhat. Yeah. There's definitely places I've been to where it was like, clearly you don't want to like shoot the shit and fair enough because you're busy as fuck you're just turning so yeah. you can put in a tulip that's fine okay all right we're back we had some technical see i can't even talk we had technical some technical difficulties technical difficulties technical. Exactly. some testicle difficulties uh our sound guy is drinking on the we job. had to empty them yeah. well, apparently that's not how it works oh, but. no that's not how it works <laughs> I, i'm i'm pretty sure paulie screwed up the uh audio because he had to pee but uh we're back and we have no clue what we were talking about so let's just go from there because we're at like 45 minutes um so we can start to wrap it up yeah um i mean I had a couple questions for you guys. Yeah, let's go. Oh, sure. Go for it. I didn't know how, what the stru structure there of this. Oh, no first structure. of all, uh, <laughs> during the earlier episode or earlier discussion, uh, we were talking about um, s'mores, and I looked up the official Hershey's recipe for it. It's oh. two graham crackers, two large marshmallows, which I thought was interesting. I've never made a with two marshmallows i've only ever done one i've only ever so like we've all been doing it wrong but is this like a full gram or half gram i, I don't know it doesn't yeah, specify it doesn't specify but it does specify two large marshmallows so. that's crazy okay and then obviously hershey's chocolate but mm. I, I feel like that's yeah. too much mallow seems like a lot of mallow for a half a gram that's too much mallow that's gotta be all cool. right uh first question um this came earlier in the day i was thinking about what's your least favorite thing to chop least favorite thing like in the kitchen chop. I, guess, I mean, I guess anywhere, but like specifically like vegetable, whatever, you know, something that like what like, you know, let's your your mise en place sucks. Uh, for me, it's onion. Onion. Because yeah. you start crying. No, just because onion in all the layers, I just sub question, which is actually written down. Actually, I didn't write it, but I thought about it. It's not there. Um, what's your what's your onion chopping technique? Uh it comes at an angle just like well i half it half half an onion half it. and then i kind of come at an uh, how do i do it i, mean, I don't I, I just don't even think about it i just do it man yeah it's a i just cut it in half and then i just go top down and it's straight it's, down yeah yeah that's i have no technique so not I mean, straight down <laughs> i go at an angle well there, there's like the one you know like yeah chop in half then like you know do the, like the the halfsies of you the know, half. like the 90 percent mm. slices through mm. and then you which i didn't know until like recently you do like the two like angled cuts into it then you can basically chop straight down and you get like oh, diced onions the other pro move on that one I was thinking about is I saw this on a YouTube video. Is once you get like to the end, you just flip it down, you flat side down, then just chop it. In. I do do that sometimes. It's not yeah, a technique. I it's do just that. like I don't know how to cut this anymore. Yeah, like so I'm gonna <laughs> cut myself. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, boom! Whoa! Sweet! 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, personally, though, like, I, I don't mind cutting onions. I, 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 I suck at cutting, at chopping garlic. Like, I, I mean, it's just too small. See, this is, I chopped both and, these and today, I, and I was like, I'm just. I, I try <laughs> to do the thing where you put the tip of the knife and you kind of do that. Yep. You know, thing. With the garlic, but, which yeah. you can do. I've never done that. I, I, With I, garlic? How do you I'm, chop garlic? How, yeah, how do you chop garlic? I'm a smasher. Uh, I smash and then kind of just okay. like cut that okay. bat, like cut, like smash it, uh-huh. you know, cut it, like flip, you know, 90 degrees, cut again. Oh, I guess. And I, then like if I want I more, I just like, you know, get a rocking knife and just like I, I go smash to get the little peel off, but then I don't really. See, I don't know. I don't dick around with, to get the I don't peel deal off. Dick okay. with peel okay. garlic. Okay. You buy that pre-peeled. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, I oh. don't. I get the full garlic. Yeah. No. I peel it, but I don't smash it to peel it. Like I can get the peel. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, public service announcement: Do not buy pre-minced canned garlic. Uh, it has its Why place. Not? No, not? never. No, I don't so get the canned. It's, it's so it's astringent. I don't get the canned stuff. Like canned, pre-minced. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I'll get the uh, like big jar at times that's just sitting in garlic juice, and I'll use that for stuff. Like minced or yeah, I can no, show it to you. No. Like, yeah. uh, no. but, uh, garlic for me. Sorry, it's I guess I'm the odd man out here but I, no i don't use i don't use that for everything or jarred gar- uh, garlic i just use the thing like we have a yeah. shit just ton use of garlic. garlic powder if, if you're gonna use that honestly like nah, i'll show you it's good but for garlic if i'm cutting i don't cut all the way through i cut till just about the end so like how i cut an onion and the, yes i'll do that with the onion too mm-hmm. see i have heard of that shallots I, like shallots i, I do that too because it's too. basically shallots suck to shallots do suck to cut mm. they do the, the, have a little too small so they can't get they're all they're all weird shaped too well it's like cutting garlic yeah i hate peeling garlic or sorry peeling i do hate peeling garlic that's why i buy pre-peeled i hate peeling onions that's fine. I just do a little I, it slice gets on everywhere. the top. And You're like, I like peeled this onion. It's all over or... like my no, cutting board. You just do a mm. little slice along the top and then peel. Yeah. Take it all okay. off. That seems reasonable. I never thought about doing that. I just try to like pull off all the dry stuff and then like. Yeah, I try, no, to, I try to peel everywhere. off as yeah. much dry oh, stuff yeah. as possible. So I'm going into it with the least amount and just knowing I'm going to get a little bit. I just, I just. And then I'm like making something. I'm like, ah, I see this garlic peel or sorry, onion peel. How do you peel a orange then? Uh, do you ever make a slice on it? I'll do I don't a know. thin I, I can't, slice I can't, I can't, I can't even I mean, remember the last time I peeled an orange. Well, I, well, my daughters love them. From the like, inside out. Yeah, from the <laughs> <laughs> if they're the big ass Same oranges. Same way I built your heart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, ladies. Um, so on the chopping topic, though, um, the, the one thing that I do when I'm super lazy is I was gifted a Utu knife, which is like what I guess it's some – like Inuit Alaskan thing like they it's like the knife that you see that's got like the it looks like what's the thing that they have in uh, Star Trek the uh, the the Klingons you know oh yeah those, those big things yeah. but it's like a little thing it's like shaped crescent like and it's got a little wood handle on it and it's got a, a little bowl and so you just put the onion in there and then you just go and it's okay. super easy to be fair as <laughs> I don't have one of not those, as great as I think his description was his hand motions that was exactly what I was I'm thinking more of, of. A visual, <laughs> I'm more of a visual person so I was like we'll is he talking about like something like this and then he like brought it back and I was like oh he is mm. yeah I could those use that actually, for an onion that would be great I, 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 see I, I also kind of like hate chopping stuff even though I have like 500 knives yeah um I love my knives. I hate chopping. If I have to chop more than one onion, I'm definitely using a food processor. <laughs> oh, fair enough. That's probably we've got go. like a if I have chopper to chop thing. One too. onion, I'm I'm thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I think we have one of those things you can put whatever you want in there yeah. and it has blades that comes mm, down yes. and just I do not have one of those. Uh, I have never used it. I know we have one. I think Elena used it. I've never so used easier it. to yeah. just reach and grab the knife, right? Yeah, but that's like another thing to clean. Like the knife, I just have to. Why I don't like using the Utu wipe thing because it's yeah, it's a pain yeah. to ask to clean the little bowl thing. It it's it's kind of this uh, early reward, uh, or and uh, I can't even think of the proper. Yeah, you well, use the food yeah. processor. You you get. The reward yeah. immediately, mm. but you got to clean the damn yeah, thing. Then you're punished which afterwards. Sucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's like AKA sticks on your countertop for two weeks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's kind of my move. <laughs> Until you're like debating on throwing it away or cleaning it. <laughs> <laughs> we have a garlic press too. Elena uses that a lot. I'd never use it because that just is like messy shit everywhere. Yeah. I would rather smash it. Yeah, you get the anus. Cut and sp- you get the anus. You get the anus. Yeah. Anus. Getting the fresh juices. I don't want the juices anywhere except like where I want them to be. Yeah, well, it happens sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> fair <laughs> enough. What was your next question? Did you have another question? Oh yeah, there was a next question. <laughs> that was the sub part. Oh, that was the sub question. Oh, all right. Yeah, least favorite thing to chop, and then how do you cut an onion? Okay. No, and we then got garlic there. Garlic yeah, yeah. and shallots. Shallots. What, what's your favorite knife right now, Bryce? I know this is more of a topic for Bryce and myself, yeah, as we been. all have 500 Hold knives. On. Uh, my IKEA knives, they cut so well. So, <laughs> have Holly's you ever had a Mason? Uh, my favorite knife is my very nice Japanese. Japanese? Yeah. I. Uh, it's just delicious and cuts phenomenally. It, it makes my work, you know, a lot less. I, that's what I'm using yeah. mostly. But the Misen, like if you get Misen, I know you know Misen. Yeah, uh, I just bought the bought the whole Misen set. My dad somehow broke the Misen knife I got him. So of course, when I bought him one knife, they prompted me to, to buy, buy more. the whole set. <laughs> yeah. So he got the the chef's knife, which I'd got him previously, and I I already had mine was still intact somehow. Um, but They're I got decently priced for great quality. Yeah, I mean, I was gonna buy like I was, I wanted their small. They have like kind of like. A utility chef yeah. knife, which I want to be my favorite knife. Though was using it today. Great for some things, terrible for some things. Which I'm like, we have the tiny one, yeah, pairing knife type. It just it seems no, there's an in between size. Oh, there is. It's basically same proportions as your chef's knives, but maybe like a six inch blade. Oh, five inch blade. I didn't know they had one of those. Yeah, it's really cool, and I, I want. It was crazy sharp, right out of the box, crazy sharp, but. Hey, Meeson, we're also still looking for sponsorships. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think I cut some peppers. Worked great. No problem. I think it's a little more agile. Um, I would use that knife. I like the paring knife. It, it's just sometimes not long enough. When I, when I got to onions. Was not good? It's just I, I couldn't get in. T- or maybe it was garlic. I couldn't. I couldn't. It, you couldn't run it like a rocker. Oh, uh, gotcha. So I'd bust out a real chef's knife and... Yeah, that is an issue. I mean, that's where I I do use my chef's knife where I will do the cuts and then I'll do the rocker just yeah. to mince, mince I mean, it I, up nice. I know like you only need one, but I don't know why I have so many. Because they look pretty and I feel like I need different things for different things. Even I mean, though to I be don't. fair, they're mostly chef's knives, but, you know. Yeah, again, I don't have nice knives, but the only reason oh, I use Oh, you can borrow a, one of mine. I mean, the only reason I use a knife other than, like, the chef knife 
size one is because it's dirty and I need another knife and I still got to cut something. I'm too lazy <laughs> to wash the other knife that I just used. So yep. that's, uh, that's uh, fair. But, but, I, I mean, it depends same, on what yeah. I'm cutting sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So like if I know I'm cutting through something that, you know, I might be a little uh, rougher, harsher, definitely not using my super knife, nice knife. In a nice knife. I'm going to use, I'm going to use the like knife. I'm okay with. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, Mason's great. Like for great, utility knife that yeah, is we are not sponsored by Mason, but i would highly recommend them everyone i've ever given one to they're it's like 65 dollars when they're full price they're on sale all the time they're uh, fucking great they're also sold out all the time so they do other stuff too now i have not you've gotten some of the like steel pans, pan, yeah. uh non-stick baking steel things like yeah, i've not i know steels. i think mago's bought some but they sit in her room because she yeah. doesn't want to like actually it's use them out in the house no place for yeah, yeah. but also <laughs> we have so much cooking stuff yeah. in our kitchen yeah. that it yeah. would just Bryce might be the only much. person who has more cooking stuff than i do it's fine it's also my wife but yeah Alan- most of it is Atlantis. Yeah. yeah well it's stuff i've bought in her over the years and i justify it by buying it for her and did you buy her vacuum for christmas also no, no. Washing machine? Well, here's the deal is you, you know yeah. you hear that thing where it's like don't buy your wife all these types of things. That's what my fucking wife wants and loves. I also like to buy them because I get to use them, but also when she uses them, like she's an amazing cook herself, so it's it's a win-win for everyone. So when when you buy Elena uh, a um I don't know, appliance of some type. We're going to have her on the show after she <laughs> gets it, and we're going to get a reaction. And see no, she'll love really it. In, in the end, <laughs> she'll her, honestly love it. Yeah, yeah she I'm does. Afraid, sure. Like, her practicality of gifts is like, no. We I think what she would love it more, even if Bryce used it and made oh, her yeah, dinner, though. Oh, yeah, that's the best gift yeah. of all. <laughs> Bryce, She's like, I don't care. <laughs> you like, made dinner. Yeah. I don't give no. a shit that you bought this for me. Are you using this <laughs> to cook something good? Okay, then I like this gift. But yeah, I think we're reaching about an hour now. Um, I mean, Ian, thanks for being our first uh, guest on the show. I mean, it was only natural for you to be here. I agree. Um, I'm sure you'll be back. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually, uh, you know, the official new host. It's the yeah. Ian, <laughs> We've got, yeah. Ian Marriott it's show. It, no, no, Marriott. Marriott, Marriott show. show. I don't know how to say my own last name, so. Yeah. <laughs> And Come at the, me, whatever. The, the new know? show name is uh, If You Marry It, if that's you love it. Marry it. Yeah, If You Love It, Marry It. Yeah. Uh, are we going to start that part? No. <laughs> yeah, we're going to screw up the audio some more. Um, if you want, we'll post these eventually. And if you're listening to it, it means we posted it. And uh, you can find us at TSC Workshop, at TSC Workshop on the socials, tscworkshop.com. We've got uh, Pablito on the Gato Boys, at Gato Boys. At Gato Boys. And then we've got uh, Mr. Ian Marriott at, uh, at Ian Beer Me. Check him out. He posts foods, beers, and Mostly deliciousness. Food. I think, Mostly yeah, I think food. my, uh, I think I finally nailed it. It's uh, mostly what I cook, sometimes what I drink, occasionally what I do. Yeah. There you Sometimes I make an appearance, so it's even better than It's mostly just Bryce and food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Bryce's other alt account. <laughs> but yeah, this has uh, been another episode of uh, TSC Workshop, a podcast. Thanks for listening. Um, Peace. Peace. Not that drunk. Not that drunk.